If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 80. Sunspan here with Cinderman with 80. the greatest sweater of all time. You look great. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. As you might have guessed, I have not bought this myself, but I got it at WePlay. Well, if anybody watched our casting, they would know the answer to that question already ahead of time. This is not a rerun. We are doing this live and just talking about the same things again. Anywho, uh, yeah, welcome to another week, friends. Let's talk about our patron shout-outs. This might be, of course, we're doing this live, so we don't know. This might be our shortest episode ever. But, of course, I made an internal bet with myself that Sundaran will talk for about 40 minutes by himself. Wow. So I think we're still going to end up with the same amount of time. That's a lot of time. All right. So thank you to our beautiful In Bruges tier patrons. We have Chakar, Boyko, Ostavko, Mutro, Fab Daddy, The Mega Pope, Cradle Was Good, What's Next, TI in New Zealand. Nice. You got it right this time. I almost fucked that up. Zan Xavier, <laughs> Suns Fan Pudge, Omega Lol. Nate Thicko Ham Scroats, brother to great OG Jesticles Ham Scroats. Bacon, no, not that bacon, the other bacon. Hiding inside a bush so that I could surprise Vortex uppercut my dad's wife. <laughs> Whoever this is, every week you got something fresh for us, and we appreciate it. Uh, Lick, thank you. Shark TM, freshly seasoned goat balls, and change will happen. Thank you, friends. Okay, so before I do the other half of, uh, of shout-outs, can you tell me what is a Vortex uppercut? It's just a really hard uppercut. I don't know. You're going to look this up right now. I see. Okay. Oh, this is something. Tornado uppercut. Okay, it's probably some anime stuff. Let's say it's anime. That's either going to be right or trigger them. So it's perfect. Okay. Uh, thanks also to Comrade Dimitri Valdesov. The Ben Jackson and Ben Roomhead Alliance, Novi Panda, Dop. Polish title of In Bruges translates to first shoot, then explore. Fane, underscore man, we give permission for the Ben Alliance to raise podcast awareness by invading and occupying neighboring nations and villages. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Done Talk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, and Ronnie Keel. The ASM artist himself. Thank you again, friends. Uh, I think I might be experimenting for one week starting after this episode where people that are a part of the two highest tiers that are allowed to look at our outline every week, I'm going to enable comments. And we're going to oh, see no. how it works. I want to see if this oh, incentivizes no. people to join us on those tiers and if it's worth doing because... You know, it could probably get pretty bad, but we'll see. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Again, just testing for one week to see. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, something we will also be talking about for weeks to come, Cinderella. It's everybody's favorite subject to start. The NBA is about to begin. Oh, yes. Their training camp in a couple days. 
Most of the signings have been completed. Most of the trades, although you have plenty of time to do more, have been completed for the most part. And the season itself will start December 23rd, I want to say. That's just a guess. It could be 21st, something around there. And I thought it would be cool if I talked about my predictions for the year. So we're going to segment this weekly so we don't have okay. to do it all at once. Can I and make I would, fun of the team names first before you start? You can do it as I talk about them if you'd like. Okay. So this week... Let me just preface this. I'm not going to say what the team names are. Okay. If you guys have like a Dota team or some sort of club or whatever, and you're like, man, I don't know what... I, I just can't come up with a good name for my team. Look at the NBA. Anything you come up with is better than them. So <laughs> it, this could have been you. So that's it. Eh. I don't know. Nigma is still going to be worse than all of these, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, uh, back to the subject at hand. This week, I'm going to be giving my NBA Western Conference predictions. So for those that don't aren't too familiar, there are two conferences in the NBA. There's the East, there's the West. And essentially, the way that it works out, normally, you'd, I guess it's still the same for this truncated year, but the West play the Eastern teams less than they do their own conference. So you play the team in your own conference more often. And then when the playoffs begin, you take the top eight teams from each conference, so 16 overall, and they play on their own side of the bracket. So it truly is an East versus West thing, which I think is stupid, but we're not going to get into that right now. It's similar so, to the NFL, right? So um, the NFL has a bunch of different divisions, uh, but the top one goes to the playoffs, I believe, and there's some wild card. There, there's a little weirder. Isn't there uh, like an NFC but, West and NFC East and then... Yeah. After that, they play so, cross. There, there's some similarities, but the the mm-hmm. NBA is more. It's just literally black and white. It's two conferences, right? And okay. there's a bunch of divisions, but they don't really mean that much anymore. They've kind of lost their meaning. Anyway, gotcha. there's 30 teams in the NBA, so 15 for each conference. Top eight make the playoffs. So let's talk about my predictions. And again, these are predictions. So I want people to maybe remind me when the time comes, when the playoffs begin, we can try to go back to this episode see if I'm correct. These are my predictions for the Western Conference placings, okay? 1 through 15. So, and I'll give a couple notes on these, and you can talk about, you know, the names if you like them or not. So, number 15, dead last, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have now traded away basically everybody for draft picks. I think this is a pretty safe pick. Would you like to comment on their name? I think it's pretty decent. It's way better than most of this. Now, keep in mind that they used to be the Seattle Supersonics, a very sore subject for Seattle fans. Oh, they actually, that was a nice name, too. The team got stolen from them, so there's a lot of drama, actually, between that. Uh, number 14, this is going to be my biggest hot take. Number 14 is the Houston Rockets, but this is assuming that they end up trading James Harden because he's asking for a trade along with Russell Westbrook. So I think I'm assuming that goes Russell through. Russell Westbrook on a farm. That's right. That's the only place. Did you, you listen know. to it? I did not. Uh, I actually forgot about it. It wasn't anything, any other reason. Other than That's forgetting. okay. So I've Houston about Rockets movie for a while. If they lose Harden, they will be terrible. If they don't, they will be borderline playoff team. I think. Uh, anyway, wow. Rockets. Just one player is going to swing them six spots. He is a top five player in the NBA for sure. He's the guy with the oh, huge wow. beard. That's great. And they were in the playoffs last year. So actually, those two teams were in the playoffs last year. I'm taking them out now. Uh, any thoughts on the name? I'm just going to keep going. Rockets. Yes. I think two things when I hear this. One is like an actual rocket, and the other one is that type of... Is it lettuce? This is going to be a long episode. Okay. 
So number 13. Rocket salad, right? I'm going to go through these a little bit faster until we get to the playoff team. Number 13 of the Sacramento Kings. Very sorry to them. Uh, They basically screwed up their entire franchise on the draft pick of Bagley. Sorry. Isn't it like cursing yourself to call your team Kings? Doesn't that sound like really... Well, they've been pretty bad for a while. I don't think they made the playoffs in 15 years. So yeah, it doesn't... It's not great. Number 12, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Number 11, we have the San Antonio Spurs. What's a spur? Isn't that something you put on your shoe? It's Yeah, it's a cowboy boot thingy that uh, it used to like stab horses so they gallop faster, I think. Uh, So they're the little shit at the back of the shoe. I agree. It's one of the worst names. Number 10, the Memphis Grizzlies. used to be the Vancouver Grizzlies. Number nine, which means this is the last team not to make the playoffs, are the New Orleans Pelicans. They have a very talented <laughs> roster. I just don't think that they will be making I knew you would love this name. Uh, <laughs> they used to be... Let's think the, of a majestic animal to represent our team, the Pelicans. Yes. They used to That's be really a bunch of different who we are. We are Pelicans. They used to be the Charlotte Hornets. Then they became the New Orleans Hornets. And then they became the New Orleans Pelicans. And then another team became the Charlotte Hornets, taking over that name Dude, again. It wasn't Hornets just like way better. Yeah, Hornets. But it doesn't make sense for the new location. Uh, number eight. Okay. So the last seed, because they lost their second best player for the entire year, Golden State Warriors, I have as the last seed in the playoffs. Number seven. I actually, I think that's the best team name so far, by the way. Okay. Number seven, the Utah Jazz. I want to really because they're they used to be from St. Louis. There's nothing jazz related with Utah. So, wait, is St. Louis? Am I an idiot? Was it New Orleans? I don't wherever it was, they I'm had not jazz. Really necessarily thinking too much about the music genre, you know, just the like the how to say, no, no, but I'm saying it doesn't make sense for Utah. There's no jazz in Utah, they don't even allow music for God's sake. Okay, I made that part up, but regardless, <laughs> music is banned. Number six, we have the Dallas Mavericks, who I personally feel are overrated. They have Luka Doncic, p- quite possibly a top five player in the NBA, and I feel like they don't have much else uh, other than that. Is I think Christoph Porzingis overrated. Uh, I think so, yeah. That sounds creation. Number five, we have the Portland Trailblazers. I think they're going to be really good this year. The number four seed, I have yeah. very... Uh, ambitiously the phoenix suns in their number four oh, terrible name i'm Hate giving us home it. court advantage in the first round all right this one is going to trigger some people but i do i will explain i think the lakers are going to win the championship but i have them as the third seed because i don't think they're going to give a shit about the regular season i think lebron is going to rest most of the games or a lot of the games so they're not going to be as good during the regular season so number three number two denver got a little bit worse in terms of uh denver nuggets can number two can you say the full name? The Denver Nuggets, number two. The Denver Nuggets. They lost a little bit of depth, <laughs> but the guy that doesn't believe the coronavirus is real, that I can't remember his name, is going to be better this year. So I think they're going to be good. And then number one seed, I have as the LA Clippers. The Denver Nuggets. The LA Clippers. That's maybe this is the worst name easily. Clippers is such a bad name. Yeah, that's really fucking bad too. I think they were embarrassed in the playoffs, and they will try very hard in. The regular season. So then Dude, okay, what are Clippers? I don't know. What are Lakers? Lakers are from Minneapolis. Used to be from yeah, Minneapolis. Now they're in LA. There's no lakes in LA. I'm are... just I'm thinking Clippers. The only thing I can think of is like nail clippers. I'm like, that's the worst team name I've ever heard. Like, what is a clipper? I agree. 
It's very, very bad. Okay. Super. On to the actual podcast that went a lot longer than I thought. I apologize. Uh, we'll see if people really hate it or not. First thing on the list, Cinderin. Especially shears. Hedge clippers. Oh, they clip the hedge. That makes absolutely still no fucking sense. It's bad. All right. First thing on the agenda, we have the update that came, of course, the day of our podcast after it came out. There will not be an update for a while. Uh, we'll just read the blog post. So with Thanksgiving coming around the corner, we want to take the opportunity to thank you all for your continued support during the year and wish you stay safe and healthy during the time, this time. Ugh. Additionally, we wanted to give you another quick update about some of the upcoming things we've been working on. As we mentioned in the previous Dota Plus update, the new season will be starting December 1st and will feature a seasonal quest reset, a new seasonal treasure, and more. We have also started rolling in backend changes to gather data for the upcoming Overwatch features, which we did talk about last week. Mm -hmm. When fully implemented, this tool will allow users to review suspicious matches and help identify bad actors in addition to our existing systems. On the gameplay front, our original plan for, this, for the new hero was November 30th, which was two days ago as of this podcast. Wait, it was yesterday. Yesterday. Because there's only 30 days, half September, April, Correct. June, and November. However, she needs a bit more time to cozy up for the winter. We will be releasing her along with the 7.28 gameplay update in mid-December. Finally, we're excited to announce that the 2021 Dota Pro Circuit will start on January 18th. 16 teams with two divisions will compete in each of the six regional leagues. The best from each region will also qualify to the first major of this season. More information on schedules and details available soon. So let's first start, and this will probably be a little bit brief in the last week. Let's talk about the Overwatch system. Yep. Uh, do you want to sum it up for people that maybe missed it? Just TLDR, please. Not the usual yeah. syndrome. So uh, Valve implemented a system in CSGO years ago called Overwatch, where basically people can file complaints about being cheated against. Uh, they can send it up for review, and then humans would manually review uh, those cases to determine whether someone was cheating or not. And um, then they trained an algorithm against how the humans voted and started being able to categorize the requests, and they ended up reaching an algorithmical solution that was close to perfect, I think for punishing people so that I, I don't know if the, at this point, if the overwatch in CSGO is automated or if it still has the human element as like a, a fail safe, but originally it was like, it needed an overwhelming majority of human approval that this was a cheater and then it would get the punishment and then they would train against it. I think maybe now it's way more, uh, way more algorithmical and less human. Um, but the idea is that basically there are people that get some sort of trust rating based on how accurate their assessments are. And the way you get the highest trust rating is by, I would imagine the way somebody gets the highest rating that they can so that their res response to the claims or whatever you want to call it, response to the cheating is the most accurate is based on whether they go with the majority every time, right? Yep. That's probably the easiest way of training it. So if I review a hundred cases and in a hundred of those cases, I said someone was cheating, and in all of those cases, eighty percent of more or more of the reviewing people said they were cheating. There's a very, very high chance that I was right, uh, or that I am trustworthy because the majority of the time I am correct. Um, now, what they haven't specified yet is what your how Overwatch is even going to work in Dota, because in CS:GO it was a kind of a trial thing where they were testing it against cheating. 
we've been speculating if we're going to see it against uh, language use as well, or if it's just going to be against cheating as well in Dota, where it's like, is this Skyrath made scripting, or is this Tinker scripting, or right. uh, stuff like that. Or I don't know what people sh will be able to report for. Like, maybe that's something we should talk about. What What's good categories to even allow Overwatch for? Like, where can humans be trusted? Can you trust them for smurfing? Is that... It's not a it's not banned anyway to smurf. So like that's not really a punishable offense. But what isn't a punishable offense is boosting uh or selling accounts. Um it's a punishable offense to be obviously communication abuse is a punishable offense in the game. Well how do you set guidelines for that? I yeah, think that, that's the really tricky one. So I we again we talked about this a bit last week, but I'm gonna just say my piece real quick that the toxicity element to this is the most important, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, again, I don't know the numbers on how many cheaters there are, but I, I highly doubt it's even remotely close to a Counter-Strike type game. So the toxicity type stuff, I think, is the most important, but I don't know if Overwatch will be possible with something like that because you're trusting other people. I mean, if there's enough, like if it's the same system where a bunch of people have to agree, then sure, I mm -hmm. guess over right. time that could, you know, they can learn. I'm but pretty sure they weird. will implement it like that. I don't think any individual person will get that much power. I think it's always going to be council. So, yeah, with or that, I don't, said I don't that, like the system if it's not council. To be honest, then I think there's too much flaw in it. Every case needs multiple reviewers. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think the toxicity element is the most important by far. So whatever they do, I hope that's what it addresses, and then you can still have you know the scripters or again like the smurfing you said is not technically illegal. That is still a big problem, and I think people are still going to be asking themselves, what will Valve do to combat that in the future? Let's do a thought here? experiment quickly with the toxicity thing. This might be difficult for you to answer. Um, <laughs> oh boy. I have the opinion with language that I think is always contextual. So I think some words or some ways of expressing yourself in some situations is not okay, whereas in other situ situations it is okay. How do you distinguish as a person who's not part of the game or doesn't know the relation between the players if that type of communication is okay? Like, let's say you get a case and now I'm just asking you to draw the line. Like, what is bannable and what's not? Like, give me an example. Maybe this is too hard to answer, but... It, that's a little too open-ended, but I like will if say... Somebody, if, if somebody in all chat calls someone else, you're a fucking moron, but it turns out it's his friend and they're just messing around, how do you determine that as a reviewer? Right, if it's just a one-off, something like that, regardless, I don't think that's really punishable, in all honesty. It would have to be repeated offense, probably in the same game. Um, but, yeah, it, it's all about what the person reviewing it feels is appropriate or not, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be counsel, right? But in order for people to... That's, that's why it's easy in CSGO with what they did, right? Because, like, it's not really a gray zone in the same way whether you're cheating or not, right? It's not a scale to the same level. I mean, yeah, there's more severe cheats than others, but either you're cheating or you're not. It's pretty binary. With language, it's way more complicated where it's not like you're bad or good with language. It really depends so I would, on context, who you're talking to, when, how it happens. So here's uh, an interesting example. Big regional I, differences too. Keep that in mind. So if the reviewer is American, they will have a very different view on what is okay right. than someone from but Russia or listen, listen to this. Tell me what you think about this, because this is something mm -hmm. people have been complaining about since matchmaking was implemented into Dota. Right. People going into certain, the language, mm -hmm. especially in NA, let's say you have South Americans coming to 
the U.S. or vice versa, whatever the case may be, English as your first language or as a language you can communicate with is a checked right. box, but it doesn't seem to do anything, right? It doesn't actually matter. It's all about the person's right. preference when they're entering matchmaking. Should that be punishable? Because that is actually relatively easy if they're trying to communicate. It's relatively easy to know if they're communicating in English or not, right? Let's say... Or whatever. I'll language. give you an example. Let's say, let's say, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how this works in European matchmaking, but imagine this, imagine IQ for Europe West, Europe East, and IQ with English as my primary language. And the matchmaking algorithm needs to choose how it matches people. And I know it's a little bit of an anomaly because it's higher up in the ranks. So there's less people to choose from, but Let's say I got four Russian teammates and none of them chose English as their preferred language. I'm trying to communicate in English. They're all communicating in Russian. Nobody's at fault there, right? That's right. just the match got matched like that. Mm -hmm. Now, if one of them had English as a language in their settings, but they identified this is a game that's overwhelmingly Russian, so I'm going to speak Russian, are they at fault then? Right. Or not? There's gray areas, no doubt. Right. And that's the now, same thing with the South America versus North America thing, where you might be the only NA player, you selected English as your language, but you got four South American players in your game, then you're kind you, of the outlier of the game. Should they all be forced to speak English? Or is that just bad luck? They're speaking Spanish or whatever. Well, are you sure that it doesn't actually filter people out that don't check the English box or whatever language? I don't know how it works, but I would imagine that I think I, this is my opinion on how matchmaking should work. I think skill should take priority over language uh, in matchmaking. So if I could choose between having four Russian teammates that speak Russian all game, but are all top hundred players or play with four English top thousand players, I would take the four Russians every game. Mm. And it's because I think it's more important that the game is good in terms of how it plays out skill wise than uh, than the language thing. That's not saying that it's great. I mean, obviously what I would want the most is to have four English communicating teammates that are also all good, but I understand that you can't always have it all, right? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people will disagree with me on that and they want the best just communication experience. And I totally get that. So it depends where you're coming from. Uh, what do you think is more important overall? I just um, can't imagine a world I'm imagining where how the people. algorithm works. Let's say in like Ancient or in Guardian or whatever. If it checks language box first, and it's like, oh, you, you don't have compatible language. It doesn't matter that you have the identical MMR. We will not match you together. Mm. I just don't think it works like that. I think, I think language is a secondary thing that it uses and tries, but it will prioritize making a good match instead in terms of rating. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Because if you there's... didn't do that, if it was literally the only setting was language, right? Then you could manipulate the shit out of the system. Then you're like five people that select Japanese as your primary language and you queue together in NA, you get together every single game because nobody else chose Japanese, right? Mm. So then you can just abuse that. So I think you can't make that the only parameter. No, I, I agree with that. And it's probably not how it is already, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's really feasible to do what I'm saying. I'm not saying I even want to do that. It's just, I know that people complain about that all the time and it's been like that. Nothing has really changed. I'm wondering if this system potentially could change something for the better, but Again, it would be really weird to I mean, just think about it from an outside perspective. Valve punishing people for speaking another language. That does sound kind of weird, right? It doesn't feel yeah. right. Yeah. I feel weird. like it's a little bit of a slippery slope, too, that can lead to... Yeah. I, I think it might... 
I mean, assuming that people use the system well, the ones that are dealing out the punishments, then it should be fine, right? It's it's just a little bit... I, I don't know if that's the direction to go. I would rather look at abusive language rather than speaking a different language, personally. All right, next. But... Next thing on the list, Cinderin, of this update. Mm-hmm. So gameplay update and new hero mid-December. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean... Um... We've, we've talked about this a lot of the time with game releases and stuff. I am not a big enemy of delays. I honestly don't really mind. I read this and I was like, okay. Um, again, I think a lot of people were super excited for this hero release, so they're disappointed. I am happy to see delays when developers admit that their stuff isn't ready. Then we can discuss whether it should have been ready to begin with. And if it's just not good enough that it isn't ready. Mm-hmm. But the act of delaying is not bad, in my opinion. I think so they do better mention- release something that's good that you're happy with. Instead of rushing out half-done stuff, that's always my opinion with video games. I, I agree. And I mean, I, I don't want to get into this, but obviously with COVID and whatnot, it just feels like other companies, and we've talked about this before, are doing so much more. Oh, for sure. For like, sure. There's a lot of other esports that are doing a lot more, especially for the esports part. And I think that's where we've been criticizing Valve quite a lot about their system that they could have yeah. definitely done more to foster the competitive scene. We'll get to that in a moment with the next talking point, by the way. But um, they do say it's a she. So it could be the Valkyrie, Freya. I, I know people are, maybe we misspoke. We're not saying that Valkyrie or Freya are the same hero. Like, like the Valkyrie name, I think, is just like a placeholder whatever. It could mm-hmm. still technically be the same character, but it's not like Freya as a Norse in North mythology is not like a Valkyrie or anything like that. But No. Um, if, if we do think that it's still the thing that was teased on the Snapfire uh, when she was reading the newspaper, right? It was a woman with a crossbow, I think. Does that fit Freya? You think? Or a Valkyrie in enough. general? Would a Valkyrie ever have a crossbow? I feel like yes. Valkyrie? Don't Valkyries have like spears? Spears. Don't they have like I, these long... Yeah, but I feel like it's like lances in the same realm. or whatever when they're no, depicted. I, I first right. think of a spear, but I don't think like a crossbow is out of the question. But again, I'm, I'm not an expert on Norse mythology personally, Sindarin. I don't know about no. you. Uh, now, I, the question I have for you as <clears throat> before we get to the next topic, which is esports... And again, I'm just reading into this. Maybe it's nothing. Do you think that they delayed the gameplay patch because of the new hero? And do you think that's the right move? Um, so let's say the new hero is not quite ready, but the gameplay patch is ready to go, which I right. kind of have a hard time believing the gameplay patch would not be ready to go. But who knows how big it is? I like, is it better think... to have it all as one huge ass update, which I think is what they want? Right? Yeah, I, I, I personally think that's better. And I think that's what they want to. And yeah. the reason it's better is you want to you want to make a splash whenever new stuff comes out, right? When there's a new hero that gets people excited, you want to give people a lot of reason to play the game, not just, hey, here's a new hero. And then people play it a bit and they're like, okay, I didn't really like this hero so much. Or hell yeah, this is my favorite hero ever. If you release it together with a big patch, you get this huge splash of people playing more again. Um, it happens with every big patch that people get excited to oh, there's a new patch for Dota, let's play some games again. Uh, you combine that with the new hero, then obviously the new hero gets a lot more tension. If it has anything, just from a strictly business perspective, if it has any arcana with it, maybe you get higher sales. Uh, Valve haven't released a hero with an arcana for a while, though, I think. The last one was Monkey King, I think. Ooh, Unless that's I'm a good question. Yeah. Um, so they haven't really been tapping too much into that, I think, but 
like just from a marketing standpoint or whatever. I don't know if we should use marketing and Valve in the same sentence. From a business perspective with the game, um, it's I think it's a good move. And then you add all of that together with the fact that it's Christmas season, right? You release this patch mid-December. A lot of people will be going on holidays uh, and have time to play. So then they have a lot of stuff to be excited about yeah. for playing Dota. So I wouldn't be surprised good. if you go to the, the Valve offices and there's a door with a placeholder plaque saying marketing you open it it's just literally the bathroom like i, I would not <laughs> I be thought surprised. you were going to say marketing and then there was a red cross over it or something oh even no <laughs> not allowed <laughs> mine is more realistic and funnier okay anyway that's true uh, the final part that. of this uh valve blog post the dota pro circuit so january 18th 16 teams with two divisions that will compete in six regional leagues so it's sound I, i'm trying to remember is it so the, the DPC season that they originally announced before COVID, is that, does that line up or is there any differences? Uh, it does, right? Wasn't that that every region had 16 teams in Division 1 and 2? So there was like an 8-team Division 1 and an 8-team Division 2, and then some move up, some get relegated, some... Yeah. I, I think don't so. Number, I think it sounds same, similar. Sounds like the same system. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says the best from each region will also qualify to the first major. What I'm reading out of that is not the single best team, but the best teams. And then they are free to okay. assign how many per region. I don't think it's going to be a six team tournament for the yeah. people reading it like that. That's not how I think it should be read, but who knows? Yep. Agreed. Now, the question that I have is if you're going to have a major with it's a cross-regional major, so people have to be there in person. Would they just have TI then at some point before this? Like, what, what's the status with TI? Are we still I, going with a two-in-one year? Are we just delaying like, every battle pass just funds the next year's TI? Like, what's the deal? I think, I think Valve's perspective on TI is that it needs a crowd and we can discuss whether that's the case or not right we've seen League of Legends host their world championships without a crowd we've seen other games host their world championships as well did you say um, Le so, League of Legends had a crowd I don't know how many people oh, they were allowed did it there's definitely some people there okay well they had a minor crowd compared to usual let's say that then like it was right. not whatsoever on the usual scale so from that perspective it was a letdown regardless that it wasn't like a huge packed arena like they usually have yeah um, we can discuss whether that's necessary for the tournament. I think it's a big part of it, and it sucks if it's not there. But is it better to cancel it altogether? If let's say that was the only problem, that everything else could be executed as normal, and the only difference was the crowd, I think you should still host it. Um, but there's obviously other complications than just that. It's about ensuring that the players get there, ensuring their health. Um, so you're saying that the major is not the same. I don't think that will crowd. be the same. I think TI will still be something completely separate, and TI will probably be later in the year. And I think Valve are crossing their fingers that the vaccines will come out and will be functional in time so that all players can be vaccinated. And then maybe if you do host it before COVID is quote-unquote over, uh, you might require everybody in the crowd to provide uh, proof of vaccination in order right. to be in the crowd. And then you'll probably have a smaller crowd. But you could do something like that where you can actually get a sizable crowd if, if, if a vaccine is required. I mean, um, again, but. it, it feel, I don't know what their mindset is right now, but every, it feels like every other eSport, every other like professional league, whether it be NFL, basketball, they're all doing something, right? Yeah. 
and that's what people are most frustrated about right i personally don't care if there's a crowd i think it's it's gonna be weirder i don't think this is gonna happen but i think in theory it'd be weird to have two ti's in the same year possibly even on the same patch that's really fucking weird right like i feel like if you have two ti's in the same calendar year let's say that happens Mm -hmm. i think the two patches that they're on have to be a lot different or just feels it just doesn't feel right to me I think uh, if you had two TIs in the same year, you need one in the spring and one in the fall or winter or something. They need yeah, to be it, apart. We don't know by how big while. of a patch that they're going to have, right? Yeah, I mean, if you have, if you think about what the patch was in January this year and what it is in December, they're pretty different. So, like a year in Dota usually has two, three, maybe even four major patches. Actually, it's just that the span since we had the last one feels like forever. So it's like, <laughs> it feels believable that you could have two TIs on the same patch. I just don't think that would ever happen. Right. But will we have two in the coming year? I don't think so. I was hoping that would be the outcome, but COVID seems to be a bit more resilient than um, than we were hoping. So, Especially in America. Boy. Very Yeah, resilient. you're probably not getting TI. Exactly. Uh, although yeah, I guess it was supposed to be in Sweden, but you they, they didn't it. do too well either, right? They they went for the whole let's get everybody sick thing. I don't know. Yeah, Sweden. Know that... Yeah, it kind of backfired um, at some <laughs> point. I think <clears throat> I don't know where they're at now in numbers, but um, it, I mean, it, ultimately everything's going to come down to the vaccine, right? Unless you host TI in a country that has literally zero cases at this point, like New Zealand or Taiwan or whatever, yeah. um, you probably. And even in that case, those countries would have extremely strict travel laws probably to maintain that zero in the global world right now. So could you even ensure that you could get the players in if right. you hosted it there? It's just, there's a lot of complications about this stuff. Um, but like you said, other games were able to do it, right? So I think a lot of it's about wanting to. And it's really hard to make it happen, but clearly it's possible. So Yep. So looking forward to the new patch, obviously. Been waiting for that for months now. Uh, I mean, it's at least it comes out in a, like a nice time period, like the holiday season, winter holiday season, the Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever people celebrate. So most people are stuck at home anyway, so I guess it doesn't really matter what time of the year it is. But anywho, uh, briefly we'll talk next about the Epic League that is currently going on that we forgot to mention yep. last week. <laughs> I remembered it just as we ended the podcast, but Sindarin and I are actually casting occasionally. Uh, we've cast a few matches already for the Division One, and looking at the standings right now, the top ten, uh, the two that are out so far. Of course, it hasn't quite finished the group stage, but Just Error, which is um, Ramsey's team, and Sumail yep. and all them, they are ninth, so they're out. As of this recording, but things could change. And Alliance is last. But the top team is Viking.gg, one of my favorite teams to cast. We've been casting them for a long feels like forever. They've been kind of relegated to the tier two status, but they they're showing up this time around, Cinderman. Yeah. I think the the biggest stories in European Dota in the last year are Viking and Virtus Pro, actually. They're Virtus Pro now. Before that, they were Virtus Pro Prodigy, uh, but they've become the main team. And the reason I focus so much on those teams is they are very new players, some of them, a lot of them that have come up. And you could say, well, what about Mud Golems? 
Mud Golems have a little bit more backbone, I would say, in some more experienced players. They have players that have played competitive for a couple of years. At least some of them played very long, like Fata. Mm-hmm. Um, Viking GG is kind of just five new guys, honestly. And it's getting less and less new, of course. They joined Viking in November last year. So they've been with the org for about a year now. Um, but in Dota perspective, that is almost nothing. One year playing pro in this game. Cinderella story. It really is. It, so far. it really is. And then you have the Virtus Pro roster, which has players like Epileptic Kid, GPK, DM, Save, and Ilias. If you didn't watch Dota since 2018, you would know zero of these names. So the fact that these two teams, without these super experienced captains, uh, are rising to prominence is super cool. And I think it's really good for the game that they are getting good because something we've been lacking is dark horses that could actually do it you know <laughs> i guess always like oh there's these dark horses and then ultimately og secret enigma and alliance or whatever will just smash them anyway in the end right um but that doesn't seem to be the case liquid as well which isn't really the same kind of story but they've always been like on the cusp of making it and then they finally won a big tournament recently uh it's cool um so I think yeah. European Dota awesome. is very uh, unpredictable right now, and that's that's awesome. European Dota is the highest level Dota right now, easily as well. Uh, and the fact that Viking is on the top of this group stage is great. So yeah, only a few more days of the group stage, I believe, until we get to the next stage of the tournament. Yep. Uh, let's. I guess we might as well say it here. Uh, Thursday we're casting at is that twenty CES CET whatever it is now. Twenty CET. Yep. So Thursday the third. The th- and then the eighth as well, same time. I think the eighth we're not doing. Okay, good to know now. Even though it's on my calendar, appreciate that, Cinderin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've requested to swap that date for another date, but I'm still waiting on confirmation on that. Great. So Cinderin, uh, of course, took days and days to get back to in terms of the schedule. That's why we're kind of <laughs> all over the place. Like. He he shows up to the cast and then he needs to take the next twenty minutes to fix his green screen. Like there's just always something with this guy, you know. What are you but talking about? That, that's why we love him in the end. Don't lie on the podcast. So we'll, there's we'll other talk about that. there's podcasts that are literally just lies. If people wanted <laughs> that, they can go there. This is we true. spit facts. Okay, next thing on the list, uh, NIP, also known as NIP, depending on who you want to be casting your games, are no longer together in terms of the org. So the org has dropped the Dota 2 team completely. The, In case you forgot, the roster is Charlie, Supreme, Saberlight, Seneco, and my boy, Era. Seneco is Misha. But in the official roster, I think he Ooh. might still be listed there, but he hasn't played with the team That's for a true. while. He has another team entirely. Uh, Misha is maybe still officially on tryout, so that's why he was not added to the... Official NIP roster, so I guess they're still they were still technically a four man team, but. So, are you surprised by this? Not really. Uh, it's just, it's really um, how to say it. This is a great example of the times, right? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read out the quote from their um, from the COO about why they chose to do this because I think they're trying to make it very clear that they're not leaving Dota because they don't like the game or like the team that they have or whatever, but. It's economy, right? So it says, this year has taken a massive toll on what was already an unstable ecosystem. With the indefinite postponement of the DPC and the international, we find ourselves on an increasingly unclear path to financial stability within the game. We're seeing a high concentration of talent in the EU region, meaning that the cost of keeping up is markedly higher 
while revenues are dwindling. Ninjas in Pajamas is one of the most iconic teams in the world. Competing for the biggest trophies is a core part of our DNA, and the road to that through EU is simply not viable at this point. Because of that, we have decided to shut down our Dota 2 department in its current format and rethink our strategy and regional presence completely. A special thanks goes to our players who have worked hard to improve and taken all positively to our all our ideas on how to rethink the current way of approaching Dota 2. It's an incredibly talented group of players who I have no doubt will go far. I wish them the very best of luck. So there's a couple of things here, right? One is they talk about how Europe is just too expensive. Like the cost benefit here is not good when there's no DPC and TI. Um, it's Which way cheaper changed. to have a team in other regions because the salary expectations are probably lower. Um, that's one well, thing. In addition to that, obviously EU, like we just said, is the highest tier Dota right now. So if you're not like in the top echelon, which they're not, yeah, yep, then you're not going to be doing well either. And then if you go to another region, like NA, for example, if they picked up an NA team, like would that in a current form even make sense? I don't know. With the new DPC coming oh. in January, then maybe it's possible. Yeah, but I mean, we've talked about this before, and we're just can't be surprised right i'm sure there's teams that are actually winning right now that are doing decently well that are still losing money and that's the problem with dota in a nutshell and hopefully things in yeah. january will start changing as a result of the dpc the big, a big problem here is that an org of this magnitude needs to pull out of the game because of economy that's the red flag right it's not that big org leaves dota you know you can have different reasons for doing it you can leave it because your team just isn't doing well, or you want to reinvest into another game and you want to focus on that instead. But this wording to me is pretty clear. It is, we can't profit off this game and it sucks because we like it. You know, that that pretty much seems to be the case. And they're not the first ones, right? The reason this is making more headlines is that it's NIP. There's been other teams doing the exact same. Like in NA, uh, multiple teams have shut down or orgs that were investing just ended up quitting uh was it crazy the team with kezu and the and uh aui etc um the org left first and then eventually the team disbanded yeah. um but like and they probably ended up disbanding because they had no financial support and no tournaments to play so you know it's kind of a ripple effect and all we can do is really hope that whatever valve does in the start of the next year I just hope it's not the bare minimum, you know? I really hope they understand and see how much value there is in getting invested in this and how much they, there is to lose, really, by not doing it. That we don't just settle. You know, I feel like we've settled for pretty long and we need some sort of like active interference or whatever you want to call it. We need a, an injection. We need a steroid injection into the scene. Yeah. To boost things up, uh, but again, we they Valve has announced that the DPC stuff will be changing drastically come January. So hopefully that does it. But if not, then I hope they will step up to the plate and continue injecting where needed. This is sounding very drug related now, but you get what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Anyway, next thing on the list is Ramses has randomly been he's entered a partnership with Nike. And I looked through the article. Yep. He is a very attractive young man, I have to say. He he does look like a model type. Not that I would know exactly what a model would look like. But he looks good in these photos, I'm not going to lie. Yep. Uh, 
Nike involved. <laughs> yes, they made him uh, look very nice and smooth. I mean, he's still very young. What is he, like 18 or something? I think he's 19 or 20 or something at this point. Okay, he's getting it. Okay, he's becoming an old man. I wonder if he can... The thing... Okay, so here's the thing about this that puzzles me a little bit is this is not Ramsey's first stint with cloth, uh, cloth stuff. He has done other things with... Um, I'm trying to remember what. He's been on the cover of a magazine as well um, for also some sort of... I believe yeah. it was clothing. Was it him? I remember somebody. I don't know if it was him. I, I think it, it was him. And I think you remember the picture as well. He was in this like big... Um, I think it was like a burgundy coat or something. I don't know if it was burgundy, but you, I think you remember the picture in your mind, like somewhat at least. Um, why only him? I, I don't know if there's been any other... Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Because I think CIS is doing a, a pretty good job in terms of... <clears throat> Um, branding their players to the extent where, like, I think they have a different kind of reach. Like, Dota is really big in CIS, so they have a different, like, uh, in terms of local endemics, they have a different kind of reach than we do. Like, let's say I'm Danish, for example, right? Dota is not very big in Denmark. It might be big combined in Western Europe, but locally in my country, you can't really run a strong marketing campaign on having a Dota player or something like that. But in Russia or in Ukraine... Uh, I think it's pretty powerful. Dota is just big enough there that you can do this kind of stuff. So that's super cool. And I love what, hearing about stuff like this because I think it's good for the game. But um, Does I think I've only seen Dota at all. My point. Like when he was playing for VP, is he just the only player that these these brands deems marketable? Or is he just the best choice? Yeah. Because I mean, at some point you choose more than one guy, right? Did you mention that it was head and shoulders? Because I was reading the bottom of the article, and that's it was actually... head and shoulders too. That's right. That was a third thing. He's done head and shoulders, and then he's done this Nike thing. And there was another one. He was on the cover of a mag, and it was not for head and shoulders. I think that was the third thing. Hmm. So I think this is his third like big thing. All right. Say. Well, congratulations to him. I wonder if this will trickle down to Dota at all. If it's just a person, it sounds like a personal partnership, which yeah. is. A bit on, I mean, the last one I can think of that is on this scale of Nike is Demon's Red Bull, which at the time I'm like, huh? What? Of all the players? Right. But I'm sure they pay a lot of money. I mean, it's Nike for God's sake. So I hope that it trickles down somehow into their team. And their team's not doing well in the tournament right now. But um, that's why they're going to Ramsey's. They're like, all right. <laughs> We'll get one guy, not the whole package yet. <laughs> Just do it, please. Okay, Just well, congrats win. to him. That's wow, very, very cool. For Nike and Dota. Just win forehead. Holy shit. Can I just get paid already? Like, <laughs> You should be the marketing head of the marketing department at uh, Valve, a.k.a. the janitor of the toilet, Cinderin. <laughs> Clean that thing. All right. Next thing on the list, Valorant has announced their 2021 Champions Tour, which essentially boils like down... Golf. It does sound like golf. That's true. Uh, essentially, they're going to be doing a bunch of like qualifier-type stuff throughout the year, and then master tournaments, as it were. Uh, it looks like it's in March, June, September. And then the final qualifier to get into the Champions Tournament or Tour will be in October. And it looks like that it'll bleed from November to December. So holiday season next year, you will see Valorant champions for the first time. 
this, this is year, a very. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say this year they're they're not doing that. They're doing a big, quote unquote, big tournament. It's only fifty k, I think, but it's considered a big tournament. Which again, this we're just stuck in this fucking Dota bubble where prize pools right. are just wasted apparently. Uh, but they're doing a, the big tournament called First Strike, which obviously it's not regional. Uh, well, they're doing regional, but they don't do cross regional play at all. So it's just segregated. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was going to say that this format uh seems very similar to the league system that they have right for league of legends so i wouldn't know but i'm not surprised yeah it's it's obviously the same company right it's riot making both games so it's very feasible for them to use a similar model if they like the one that they have but i believe that league of legends has a challenger series at least they used to they might have changed it since then uh it's a couple of years ago but they had like a challenger series where the highest placing team in the challenger series got a chance to get into the uh League Championship Series eventually. So there's like this, again, this stepping stone model, which they have here as well. So it's like, think of Challengers as like the Division 2, and then the Masters is Division 1, and then Valorant Champions is the World Elite or whatever for like the final tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like a similar structure. I would imagine they'll do something similar where they're broadcasting too, where they cover all the games, including the Challenger Series in-house. Like all of their talent will be uh riot hired maybe they do that differently i think in league all or at least most games are cast by riot's own talent that they just hire to work for the company basically mm-hmm. uh, not just outsource where obviously in valve titles it's very different valve don't own so any you're buckets. saying i can't cast officially for i'm riot. saying if you're casting this and who knows maybe you'll be a riot employee next year i don't think my career could uh survive why not? Actually, that it's probably the opposite. I probably need to be hired by Riot for my career to continue. Uh, <laughs> How about but... <laughs> take the money and run? <laughs> hey, if it's enough uh, money, whatever. Uh, okay, so we don't know anything about prize pool or anything like that for that upcoming champion. Like, how do they do it in league? I sound like an idiot. I really don't follow league at all. Uh, I don't know how much the prizes are, but I know that the like what it boils down to is League has a lot more of a similar format or economy to sports, where the majority of the money for most of the players at the high divisions and high leagues is in salaries and in sponsorships and in league slots. Uh, whereas the yeah. prize money is secondary and you're playing for the glory. That doesn't mean they're playing for nothing. I don't know what the first prize is in League of Legends. Maybe it's like $1 million. Uh, which, you know, we're saying that like it's a small amount. It's obviously a fucking huge prize. It's just Dota is just so absurd in prize money. Yeah, um, and the more I hear about, like, there's a lot of things that I like. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I like every aspect of the way they do things, but the salary system that they have right now, like when I heard how much a tier two player makes in League, yeah. I cannot even fucking begin to understand how Dota got to the way it did. Like, I mean, I understand, but I can't believe it snowballed to this degree. We have two tier two players who, who have to stop playing the game and get full-time jobs because they can't live. And meanwhile, you have six fucking, like mid six figures for a tier two player in league. That is unbelievable, man. That's fucking crazy. Holy shit. Yep. <sighs> anyway, I just wanted to... Just win TI, this. though, then you're fine. True. That is true. Or twice, if you want to double retire. That's a thing. Or buy your own island with that money, maybe. Uh, I would just wanted to, since I haven't talked about Valorant in a while, I'll just quickly sum up my feelings for the game right now. I've, I've played a, a lot less lately, 
because they changed the system for rank. Uh, before you could play with people that were six badges, six ranks away from you, either below or above, but they've restricted it to three. So I literally cannot play with anybody I know anymore, which has forced you to solo queue. And I have to say, I am I am 35 years old. I've played a lot of video games in my life. I'm a loser. Okay, I played a lot. It's True. currently the worst solo rank system I have ever experienced. It's brutally bad. There are so many Smurfs, so many people throwing games just so they can lower their rank to play with their friends. Like it's out of control right now. Oh my god. It is beyond like it actually makes me appreciate Dota rank more because again, it's not perfect, but holy shit, it's not as bad as Valorant is right now. Well, if that is, if that is not unsurprising, then what is? You know, it's our classic stereotype of Riot does a really great job marketing <laughs> and promoting their game, but they're not that good with systems compared to Valve. So that can honestly we just, just not combine both companies, please. Like yeah, for fuck's sake, merge? man! Holy yeah. shit! That would probably be terrible. They'll probably fight over who gets to be on what floor and how much alone they can be without the marketing department. Yeah. They need like a, a lot more bathrooms. Department will want another door than one that's. <laughs> that leads to the toilet, I think. That's true. Uh, but they apparently will be updating the game shortly to change the requirement for new play, like new accounts to be able to play ranked instead of 10 games played, which you could just concede, by the way, after a few rounds, uh, is now 10 wins. I have a hard time seeing that. I mean, that's a, ni- that's a good start, but there, it feels like there's so much more they need to do, like connect a phone, like anything. There's so- Everybody has like five accounts. That's crazy, man. I have one alt account that I have literally never used because I'm waiting for you to want to play Valorant with me so I could play EU. That's another thing. The regional Oh yeah, the regional locks. thing is very annoying. Yeah. I yeah, I mean like what's the what's the point actually in region lock? I don't know. I really don't know. Like I'm trying to think like what's the benefit? If you're a player and you're playing a game and you want to subject yourself to a descent advantageous ping, it should be within your right to play on bad conditions, right? If One you're doing thing. it with your friends or because you like the games more, then like what's the problem? The one benefit is that you can patch specific regions at specific times. It's the only thing I can think of, which I don't know why that, that matters. Sounds important. Yeah. I don't know. Like they'll release They'll do a staggering release to make sure that they work. So they'll start with like Japan or something like that and then work their way across mm-hmm. the globe. Are uh, we missing something here? Is there something really good about this? I mean, obviously Valve's titles don't have it. That doesn't mean it's inherently good to not have it. But yeah, I, I'm not. I'm never like, man, I wish there was region lock in Dota so I didn't have to play with these players on high ping. Because if you play 10,000 games, it's going to even out how many times you have the higher ping players in your team and how many times they're in the other team. And, you know, ping isn't, doesn't translate to win-loss. Like, it contributes, but yeah, a good NA player will be great to play with on European ping. So yep. maybe it's because our Not game sure. is better suited for it, but then you talk about CSGO, right? And it's like, like really, isn't That's ping perfect like perfect comparison. Yeah, I have so. no clue. There's probably maybe there's something I don't know. The staggered patch release is the only thing I can think of. But anyway, in terms of an esport, uh, 
for some reason, and I guess it's just Dota mentality that they just want to shit on other games. Every time I play Valorant on stream, for example, they're like, oh, is this, this is a dead game. This is a dead, like, it's literally, in terms of viewership, more popular than fucking Dota, guys. Like, come on. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this will be, a, like, again, you don't have to like the game, but it's a successful esport, and it will become a very successful esport. Not sure if it'll beat CS or anything like that. I'm not making any claims like that, but it, it's not like it's going to die in a year or two. I'm telling you. This no. is a very, very good game. Very unlikely. Okay, final topic of this evening. Um, <laughs> Comcast. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> My favorite. Comcast. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with this shit. I'll tell you about Denmark after this. Go ahead. Comcast is expanding its 1.2 terabyte cap to its entire 39-state footprint in January. So for those that don't know what Comcast is, they are an ISP, a.k.a. an internet carrier or cable carrier, whatever you want to call them. And they are notoriously the worst ISP by far, but they're also the most far-reaching in the most regions. Like anytime you move, especially not in Arizona but so much, but other states, always comcast everywhere they have and they're known to have the lowest what was it the lowest rating for support what do you call that i'm fucking the delivery up. yes they are ranked last in customer satisfaction many times which is not surprising from an isp but for them, them specifically it's really bad and i've seen tweets from so many people not just this week about this article but over the course of the last decade, complaining constantly about how bad Comcast is for various reasons. To the point where, and I know that I am more privileged than most in this example. Plus, I live in Arizona where it's not really many places you can get Comcast anyway. But moving, to, like if I move somewhere, that is literally the first and only thing that I care about is what ISPs are available in the area. But the problem is Comcast is just everywhere, Cinderin. What are your thoughts yeah. on this company? I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot, right? It's it's for me, it's just hearsay or seeing random stuff on social media or whatever, but and, and Reddit. But my experience from reading that is uh, Comcast bad, basically. Uh, I, I haven't ever really heard anyone. That's the thing about it. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything good, right? Except evil geniuses with their Xfinity sponsorship <laughs> and their. <laughs> Uh, that's like the only the only positive thing I've heard about about Comcast. Um, that's why they rebranded to Xfinity as well, right? They were trying to kind of escape the negative connotations with their brand. Um, so they gave it like a secondary name with Xfinity. Uh, dude, I don't know. I mean, as always with this stuff, the people that are unsatisfied will be louder than the ones that are satisfied, right? So maybe I'm not going to say that there's not states or areas in the u.s where comcast doesn't work great and doesn't have good terms but clearly when it comes to isps in the u.s and how much shit you hear about that compared to for example danish isps when i live in denmark like i don't really hear people complaining about their internet service provider very much because for the most part wherever you live you will have maybe two or three options maybe 10 if you live somewhere really central most of them are very very stable yeah. they have reasonable rates and we don't have fucking data caps mm. on our isps like what is that shit yeah i wanted to bring if that up as well 
pay per month for unlimited broadband. Like, why do you need a data cap in fucking 2020 on internet? Like, what is that? How do they get, how do you implement this without getting literally torn to bits? Well, that is. Again, I don't agree with data caps at all, but, and I, they were tweeting about this as well. You can, it's just every tweet they make is just so. You just read it in the worst voice ever in your head, you know? But it was essentially the fact that 95 plus percent of customers never go over this cap anyway. It's like, that's not the point. Well, what's the problem then? Why do you need to stifle them then? You're stifling the, the 5% that are using the most internet. I, I don't you're know. You're just maximizing profits and you're, you know, you're maximizing profits, profits and you're spinning it as, well, for most people, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not like, it's not hard to see, right? You can you can spin it however you want, but it's pretty fucking transparent. Yep. So I mean, the U.S. in terms of like infrastructure for internet and stuff like that, and the way that it's set up for uh, like gouging customers and the monopolistic nature of things. I guess it's what is it duopolis? Whatever the fuck two monopolies is that just like coexist. Because yeah. everywhere you go, there's two. There's usually two things you can choose, and a lot of times, depending on the region, one of them is horrendously bad like they can't get the speeds up to what you want so you're forced to go with one but again I, i've been lucky enough to live in arizona which has uh the most common choices are cox cox and CenturyLink. i've used both for the team house we had both every time cox is for great any, really anything i, I used to have issues make, i'll take cox <laughs> all right just remember that for the next sponsorship guys Let's not make that a clip. That I stopped myself. We never said it. Say it again, please. Nope. Nope. Uh, no. But yeah, I've. I mean, I yep. pay. Nope. I pay sixty-five dollars a month. I have one gigabit upload, one gigabit download. I have no cap at all. Like this, I love my internet. How much do you pay? <laughs> what a great advertising on Twitch you just made for that company. Thank you, Cox. No, I love Cox. No cap. <laughs> I'm allowed. It's it's still a PG stream because we're saying C O X. Remember, we're not saying like Xbox uh, Sex is more PG thirteen. Cox is fine. It's not like I'm talking about horse cocks or anything like that. They should enter you know, a partnership with the Xbox. And Xbox, Xbox Sex with Cox, Cox Internet? Series. <laughs> the X-Cox. Uh, I, 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 it's better than the current name. I think we found the title for our podcast this week. Uh, Cinderin <laughs> loves COX. Okay. I'm sure that's going to hit. So yeah, I'm, I'm not really understanding why they're doing this other than to fuck their customers more but comcast uh is the literal worst company in america in terms of internet at least so and hopefully they I go just, down one day the the way i'm thinking about this and again this might be a from a danish perspective is that i think if you if you do something like this the negative backlash cannot possibly be worth the profits unless you flat out have a stranglehold on so many states where people can't escape it anyway so yep. that in the places where people can escape it the customers you lose there are worth less than the ones you force to play the ex the extended rate mm -hmm. so i mean 
they're probably they probably have a really smart team working behind it, right? So they've probably done the math and looked at it. It's just it's just fucking shitty, you know. It's just yeah. shitty. Even if it's profitable, it's still shitty. Agreed. Okay, let's go on to oh. the Patreon mailbag. We have two questions today. The first one is from Chakar. Mailbag question for you guys. With COVID not going away anytime soon and the holidays looming on the horizon, what games slash media are you looking forward to and why? And for Cinderin in particular, with the overall success of WoW Classic, if slash when they get around to WoW Classic, the Burning Crusade, would you rather it be a continuation of Classic with the same characters or a fresh server cluster where people make new tunes, either to level 1 to 70 or 60 to 70? I ask because I see lots of people debating which, if any, Activision Blizzard should do. I'll pretend that I understood all of that. So I'll understand. I'll, I'll answer my section first, which we both can answer, I guess. Yeah. For sure. The only game that I'm personally looking forward to right now, and I I don't even know what the release date is. I don't think it's been... I thought it was coming out with the Xbox Sex, but it's Fable. I really want to play Fable. And again, it's oh, going to yeah. be playable on PC, so I don't have to buy the fucking Xbox again for the 20th time and regret it. So that's great. Just have no idea when that's coming out. The three games I'm looking forward to the most are uh, Super Meat Boy Ultimate. I yeah. still don't know when that's coming out. Then it's Hollow Knight Silk Song which is probably... I mean, both games are probably next year, realistically. I don't think it will be 2022. And then, yeah, the next step for Classic after the next patch, whether it's... I'm still cautiously hoping in my naivety that they will do some Classic Plus. I really don't think they will. So they will probably just transfer to Burning Crusade. And when or if they do to answer your question, I think the best way of doing it is letting people choose. So have servers that continue where you just have your characters with all your gear and all your economy and gold and everything that you have, your guild structures, everything. And you just patch in burning crusade on that server and let people play. And then you make a new server set as well that have no economy. So where literally everybody starts from ground zero, because I think that will cater to a lot of players that want to come back where they feel like they're not stupidly far behind the server economy, uh, which I think is a really big part of the game. Um, so you can make a new server as well and not allow people to transfer to it from the old servers so that the new mm -hmm. server is just an, its own island and people get to pick what playstyle they like. I don't think it's very expensive for them to run one or two of those servers in every region, and I think it will pay for itself with the people that want to play like that. So that would be my suggestion, um, but we'll see. That's so it. another game that's coming out, uh, I need to look at the exact release date that is maybe the most anticipated game of the entire year. Cyberpunk 2077 comes right. out December 10th, it looks like. So for me, I, we've talked oh, about really? this ad nauseum. I'm not into RPGs, especially not open world RPGs. I don't know why I like Fable, but I do. It's the anomaly. But in addition, like the theme, the whole cyberpunk thing, it just does It's not, not interesting to me at all. Like the Tron, none of that mm. is like remotely interesting to me, just from a thematic standpoint. So you mean like the atmosphere isn't... Yeah, appealing. atmosphere and the game right. type, just not not my style. But I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. Hopefully it lives up to the hype, because I've been hearing about it a lot. And Keanu's which, in it. Yeah, which game is it this is most comparable to? Which other game is closest to this? Uh, 
I'm just trying to think. Like this game has, I've I've heard a lot about it. I've seen a lot of people say this is going to be the best game ever. I'm so excited about it. I personally just haven't really got invested in it whatsoever. It might be amazing. Maybe I'll play it and love it, but it's not one of those games that I'm just looking forward to. Um, so I'm just trying thematically to thematically or genre wise. Mainly genre wise. Like, how does it play? What do you play it like? You said it's an, an RPG, right? It's single player, correct? Or does it also have multiplayer? On? I don't know. I'll look it up. Let's see. But, I mean, you've played The Witcher, so that's open-world RPG, right? Right. Um... Someone chat saying Artifact. I think that's wrong. <laughs> I'd love to have another Artifact segment. Uh... Anyway, yeah, I don't know. But that's December 10th. That is actually, it won't be out by the next podcast, sadly. So we'll have to wait even more for that. But it's been delayed a bunch, so it should be ready yep. to go. All right, last question comes from... Wait, did we say the name of the last one? Yeah, Chakar. Last question from... Wow, this... The contrast on my monitor. I can barely Paul read this Tiazon. name. Paul Tyazon. Okay. Who asked... Paul T- it's basically a question just for me because God knows I, you're not going to have this, but you can try. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good. Top three favorite villains in movies or TV shows, Cinderin. Do you have anything? That you... <laughs> I love that it's at Suns fan mailbag, not at the <laughs> podcast mail. He's lost faith in you, you know, as have we all. I think it's perfect that you answered this question because I think your list is way better and you have one. I, I thought about this for about five minutes, which is a long time for one of these questions because I was actually struggling. And... I looked through some of my like favorite movie lists and stuff like that, and I, I realized that I apparently tend to like movies and TV series that don't really have a defined villain. Uh, there are a few exceptions, of course, some of which I cannot even say because just telling you who the villain is is a spoiler in and of itself. Oh. So I came up with a list of these three. Well, which... you can say the name of the show, and then this person might know who the villain is in that show. No. this I'm no? thinking of okay. a specific movie, and if I say okay. the movie okay. has a villain, people will know that it's a spoiler. Is so it in Bruges? Say... Well, in Bruges is on the list. That's not a spoiler, though. Uh, <laughs> so we can start with in Bruges. Uh, Don't spoil. It's not a spoiler. Ray Fines, I believe, is how he likes to pronounce his name. Oh my Could god, be... one of the characters called Ray Fines. No, no that's the anymore. that's the actor's name. You idiot. Oh my god, one you of the actors imbecile. is called Ray Fines. I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> his name in the the movie <laughs> his name his name is Harry, and he's in In Bruges. Oh, Harry, and he is one of my top villains of all time because the dialogue that he spews is so fucking hilarious. If people know what the telephone scene is they know exactly what i'm talking about that is one of the best scenes of any thing i've ever watched so that makes him one of my top villains uh number two this is from my favorite show of all time that a lot of people have never heard of called the leftovers that was canceled prematurely because people suck and don't like good shows i highly recommend the leftovers uh the actor's name is ann dowd and she played a character named patty levin I think it's a very fucking cool villain. Uh, the idea of the show is a bunch of people. This it's going to sound stupid when I say it, but I, it's not really about this necessarily. The the show is about how a certain segment of people just disappeared from Earth. Okay, they just evaporate. Like, oh, 
one percent or something or whatever the percentage is a low percentage and the, essentially the show in and of itself like as a whole is about how people have are reacting to this over time and it's like very very interesting and one of the how did you oh sorry go ahead one of the characters that's the patty levin that i'm talking about she's like a part of a cult that is resulting from this event that occurred go ahead no, I was going to suggest you a series. I don't know if I've actually suggested you this before. It only has one season so far, but I think there's more coming. It's called Be Foreigners. So like before and foreigners in one word. So Be Foreigners. Okay. Um, the, what's what's the word I'm looking for? So basically the the premise, there, there was the word. The premise of it is that there are... Um, in contemporary society like we live in now, there are people that start appearing that are from the past. They just start appearing in our world. And um, what's it called again? Be foreigners. So okay. it reminded you reminded me of that when you said people started disappearing, because mm -hmm. basically that's the kind of thing that starts happening in that show with like people. There's like a. It's basically people from the Viking ages start appearing in contemporary, uh, in contemporary society, and it okay. creates obviously some really interesting contrasts and storylines. I think you might really like that. It's cool. Sounds very interesting. It was very good fuck you season. for suggesting something to me after this year and a half of bullshit you've been pulling on In Bruges. Just throwing <laughs> it out there. And then I, mean, I really, really struggled for this third villain, Cinderin. Mm -hmm. But this is maybe my favorite character of any show ever, and he's just playing himself, is Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He Larry is David? The best, yes. Isn't you could... that the guy who had uh, a talk show? No, God, you really Larry don't David know... Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good place to end the podcast. Holy shit, that's incredible! Uh... <laughs> oh, you my even have God. his laugh. Larry David, for those that don't know is one of the producers of an old show that a lot of you may have never seen called Seinfeld. And he based one of the characters, George Costanza, after himself. And George Costanza was my favorite character from Seinfeld. I found him hilarious. And Curb Your Enthusiasm is essentially just a show about Larry David himself, which is basically George Costanza's show. So it's it's the best so comedy I've ever the seen. the villain. Well... This is a loose interpretation of villain because most people would view him as a villain, but I fucking okay. love it. Like I, I, he's definitely the protagonist for me. But I know most people consider him a villain. Like Nikki cannot stand the show; she literally will not sit through one even one episode. I know a bunch of people that are like that, but you know I feel sorry for them because it's the greatest comedy ever created. So there you have it. All right. I think the greatest comedy ever created is reality. Um. 14 and that's deep by the way all right thanks for watching everybody have you seen in bruges nope until next week everybody. have you seen before nurse <laughs> if i watch it by next week that'll be we're gonna so have some words actually. we're gonna have some words <laughs> goodbye everybody it's been a pleasure as always we say things that don't mean anything but thanks for listening. Oh, <laughs>